You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 674 of the Locked On Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Rowland. It is very deep into the night here, Sunday into Monday morning. I have been doing quite a bit of driving, so please excuse any, uh, I guess, sleepiness on my part. I went up to Charlotte for the game on Sunday early evening against the Hornets, and the Hawks prevailed by a final score of 122-107. to 107. We will spend the vast majority of today's podcast talking about what, what happened on Sunday. Um, not too much in the way of news, actually, ahead of time, uh, other than some injury updates. Both DeAndre Hunter and Alan Crabb played in this game. Crabb, a little bit less surprising. He was, he was originally listed as questionable for Sunday's game. Hunter actually went from doubtful to questionable and then available to play and then played uh, quite a bit of minutes, actually. So interesting to point that out and keep an eye on Hunter's situation, but good to see him back on the floor after missing a game with the finger injury. Played 28 minutes off the bench. Did come off the bench for the first time in his actual career. Um, obviously, he missed the game on Wednesday, but um, when he has played, he has started all the way until um, this game on Sunday. There's actually a couple of interesting rotational notes that we'll get to about the way that Pierce Lena is shooting in this game, but um, I was a little bit curious and did not have a rationale from Lloyd Pierce on the scene about this, but he ended up starting Cam Reddish, which was not a huge surprise based, based on the fact that he started most of the season when he was not restricted in terms of minutes. But then Kevin Herter got the start after uh, being upgraded to a 25-minute restriction in this game. Uh, originally, before they left for Charlotte, it was it was 20, according to what was passed along by Pierce to the media um, in Atlanta. But then that got upgraded to 25, and apparently that was enough to start Kevin Herter. I'm not sure why Hunter did not start, considering he was not on a minute restriction of any uh, real consequence. But we'll see what they go to on Tuesday when everybody's back and they can kind of plan around around that. Uh, eventually, I would assume it's going to be Hunter and Herter um, on the wings, but uh, with the way that Reddish has been um, sort of pushing that role at times, I'm not 100% sure on that, so we'll come back to that as we get going here. Last thing in terms of the pregame notes here was the fact that Ty Wallace was inactive. Not a huge surprise, but the Hawks have not had to actually choose an inactive player in quite some time. They have 15 guys on the roster, but because they've had Collins out for so long, if they have anyone out for an injury, that makes the decision for them. But in this game, every single player other than Collins was available to play in terms of being healthy enough to play. So the Hawks went with Wallace as the inactive. I'm not sure why it wouldn't be Parsons at this point in time, but that's another question for another day. Um, those are obviously the two candidates candidates there, but um, Wallace was, was the inactive player, so there you go on that. The Hawks were two-point underdogs in this game, as you uh, obviously heard earlier. The Hawks took care of business and won this game on the road. Um, even, even on paper, this is one of the five most favorable games um, for the Hawks of the entire season so far. They've only been favored once. They were uh, a, coin, a coin toss, pick them in one game. But uh, Charlotte, considering their relative lack of talent and the lack of a real dynamic home court advantage and no rest advantage for Charlotte, this is a game that was obviously pretty winnable for the Hawks coming into the game. I talked about that both on Twitter and on this podcast previously. But uh, that proved to be the case here. The Hawks were the better team on Sunday, and that was good to see in a number of ways. But we'll start at the top, as we always do on the podcast. 
Um, a pretty good start for Atlanta um, that featured a 9-0 run in the first several, uh, sorry, in the first few minutes of this game, um, coming on a trio of threes from Jamari Parker, Troy Young, and Kevin Herter, take a 14-8 lead. Young hit actually two threes in the first five minutes or so. Um, Charlotte got a lot of easy buckets early, but the Hawks were able to take, take, take those away as we got going here. The interior defense was much better for Atlanta in this game, which we'll talk about as we keep going here. Um, rotationally, it was uh, Hunter and Vince Carter as the first subs for the, for the Hawks, followed by Alan Crabb and Alex Lynn. It is worth noting, and honestly, this is probably the most interesting subplot of the entire game, other than the way that just the Hawks played overall, was the fact that DeAndre Bembry played eight minutes, and honestly, the last two minutes were garbage time. Um, Bembry played six minutes in the second quarter, and then did not appear for any of the competitive portion of the second half. That was uh, not injury-related that I'm aware of. I'm pretty interested by that. But, um, the only explanation that I can see is that Pierce really wanted to lean on his shooters in this game. The two guys that, that, that really did not play their normal roles were Bembry and Evan Turner. In fact, Evan Turner did not, did not play at all. That was a little bit less surprising to me now that um, Kevin Herter is back to have Turner, who has not been playing a ton of minutes this season. Have him not play was not that surprising, but Bembry basically being a non-factor in this game was interesting to me, particularly because Bembry played decently in the way that he actually played here. It was clearly the plan to go ahead and not play him a lot in this game, so um, circle that one. Maybe it's a matchup thing, and we'll see how that goes on Tuesday, but uh, certainly something that came off the page to me um, from the early moments of this contest. The other big thing rotationally was the fact that Trey Young, when he came off the floor, it was Kevin Herter at the point, um, nominally anyway. They did have uh, Herter and Hunter on the court together for both. Sorry, for all three of the stints that Trey Young sat in this game. That was uh, clearly intentional there. But I actually asked Pierce after the game about the decision to use Herter in that role. He said that was the biggest thing that they're actually missing. He referenced um, obviously everyone knowing about Kevin Herter as a shooter, but Pierce was quick to point out, and I've said this as well numerous times, that they miss his playmaking in a big way, and that's where the and that's where they want to use him in this game. I have no problem with that whatsoever. It's been a, it's been a big favorite of Jeff Siegel's now for about a year, talking about the fact that they'd like to uh, use Kevin Herter more in that sort of lead ball handler role. And on the current team right now, he is the best guy behind Trey Young to do that. Obviously, ultimately, you will see more of uh, Herter playing minutes alongside Young to some degree, but the stagger does make a lot of sense. And uh, a spoiler alert in this game, the Hawks were actually pretty good with Trey Young off the floor, which never happens. Um, they actually made two runs in this game with Trey off the court, and a lot of that could be traced to the fact that they now have a, at least someone who can create on the ball with Herter back in the lineup. Um, elsewhere, at the end of the first quarter, the Hornets had their best stretch of the game. It was an 11-3 run, take a 24-19 lead for Charlotte. Um, actually, uh, things swung back in Atlanta's favor, though, quickly um, after a flagrant one foul was assessed to Michael K. Gilchrist. The Hawks again scored five points on one possession to make things interesting, um, and Charlotte took a the, actually the only quarter that they, that, they, that they were actually able to win in this game. Was the fourth? Sorry, was the first at 27-24. Um, but still, even then, it was basically that one run for Charlotte, and the rest of the game was pretty much controlled by the Hawks. The second quarter, um, as, I, as I mentioned before, uh, Bebry made his um, first appearance at the at about the 11 minute mark of the second quarter, and at, like I said, he actually was pretty good. He had a chase down contest on a an, an MKG uh, layup attempt at the other end of the floor, and then turned that into a lob dunk from Trey Young on the other end. Um, I thought Bebry was quite good in his first and kind of only stretch in this game. Um, so it was not necessarily performance related. I don't think he made some things happen during that stretch, but um, yeah, just a lot of shooting on the court in this game. The way that Crab played probably opened the door a little bit for more minutes for him. Um, the Hornets did take their largest lead of the night at 44 to 37, right as Trey Young was going to sit for the second time in the game. And I circled that on my on my notes just to, just to say that um, that, that could have been a dangerous spot for the Hawks going down down by seven with Trey Young scheduled to lead the court, um, but on cue a 7-0 run to tie the game, capped by a steal and then a three from Kevin Herter, a big big play there and. A 
a big swing in favor of Atlanta that proved to be kind of pivotal later on in this contest. The Hawks went very, went very, very small at the end of the first half. Jabari Parker, Vince Carter played, the, for the, played about the last two and a half minutes to go um, as the front court. Vince actually scored five straight points at one point. Vince had a great, great, had a great game in this spot, which is good to see from him. Um, overall, though, the Hawks were down at the half, um, although only by two, which is uh, worth pointing out because the second half was pretty much dominated by Atlanta. But um, in the first half, it was a pretty balanced attack. Only 10 points for Trey Young to lead, to lead scores. Nine for Vince, eight for Parker, six for, for Allen Crabb. But one thing I wanted to point out here, and I'll, I'll go ahead and do it now, the Hawks did a good job on the defensive glass in this game. Um, not an elite job by any means, but a 74 defensive offense. Sorry, a 74% defensive rebound rate. It was 77% in the first half. That's why I wanted to mention it now because they did a really good job in the first half. Um, but throughout this season, it's been a point of contention that the Hawks have been so bad on the defensive glass. They were not fantastic in this game. Still gave up um, 13 offensive rebounds to Charlotte, but it was not. It was not a backbreaking um, thing that really plagued the Hawks in this spot, which helped them in this game um, quite a bit. The third quarter, things started off well for the Hawks. It kind of never let up from there. Uh, an 11-4 run to open the half, take their largest lead of the game at that point, going up by five points. There were 12 points combined from Jabari Parker and Cam Reddish in the first four minutes of the third quarter. A lot of shot-making going on there. There was one potential pivot point in the third quarter that was could have been in favor of Charlotte. Jabari Parker missed a layup that would have given the Hawks a seven-point lead. That gave Charlotte some life and a 9-2 run right after that to get um, actually control of the game once again up by two points. It felt tenuous, though. Even in the moment, you know, I made note of that in my notes just to say, you know, I kind of felt like the Hawks were going to come back there, and they and they were able to do that. A seven to one mini spurt by the Hawks there, capped by a three by Trayon to go up by four, and then it was all Hawks from that point forward. An 8-0 run behind uh, threes from Alex Lynn. Good to see him stroking the ball um, at least once in this game. And then Vince Carter. Um, the Vince Carter three was probably the highlight of the night. It was a spinning, whirling dervish kind of three-pointer from Carter. And with Trey Young and others on the bench, they kind of exploded, ran al almost onto the court to the way. It was, right, it was actually right in front of me in Charlotte. And the referee kind of had this funny look on his, on his face when guys were on sort of sprawling and one mixtape style onto the court after that three by uh, by Vince. But at that point, the Hawks went up by nine points. In fact, Alex Lynn had a nice stretch in that spot. He had 11 points in the third quarter alone. He had seven points in about a, about a two-minute stretch there to uh, help that run along. And most of that run, just like the first one in the first half, um, came without Young on the floor, which is kind of crazy to see. The Hawks went up by five going into the fourth quarter. So, um, as you can see there, by the final margin, that was uh, pretty kind of them in the closing period as well. Um, Vince scored on the first trip of the fourth quarter, had 17 points. At one point, he was leading all scorers, which not not necessarily the norm for Vince Carter in 2019. So, that's good to see him from Vince, who has been struggling so far this year offensively. Um, that was followed by uh, Trey Young making some free throws and then Alan Crabb dunk. In fact, it was a 12-2 overall run in the fourth quarter to start things off, to go up by 100-88 to margin. They led by double figures the rest of the game. Charlotte did get within 10 at one point with a 6-0 run. There was a little bit of uneasiness, I would say, on uh, in the building there, but um, right on time, uh, Reddish found Hunter for a what was a huge shot for me, uh, a clutch corner three to put the lead back up to 13, and then Charlotte never made another run after that. So that was a big sort of um, run-busting shot from Hunter. Um, that was sort of a veteran move from him to knock that down, and that was the end of that. Um, lots of storylines to touch on here. Um, overall standpoint, offensively, the offense was lights out in this game, a 124 offensive rating. 
that is an elite figure, obviously, on a per-possession basis. The Hawks knocked down their season high in threes. They were 18 of 45. Lloyd Pierce, um, re- I guess, obviously repeatedly referenced the fact that they got up 45 attempts. That's what the Hawks want in a perfect world. Not just garbage attempts either. They had a lot of good looks in this game. 18 of 45 is not like unsustainably a fantastic year. Only 40%. That's still, obviously, a really good figure for a team that's been struggling so far for three-point range, but a lot of good shots. A couple of ones that were certainly not great looks that went in for the Hawks in this game, but you know, on a, on a night when Trey Young's four for 13 and not like shooting the lights out, to have the Hawks make, make 18 threes is pretty noteworthy. Parker was two for three. Herter, Herter hit three threes. Uh, Vince hit three threes. And Alan Crabb hit three threes. A lot of us, uh, I would say distribution in this spot. And uh, honestly, the two most prolific guys as three-point shooters this season are Young and Hunter. Those guys combined to shoot 5 of 19, and the Hawks still made a ton of threes in this game, which ended up being uh, really, really important. Um, defensively, I thought the Hawks played relatively okay. It wasn't like they were great. Still a lot of 109 defensive rating, um, and given the fact that Charlotte's not fantastic offensively, it wasn't as if the Hawks were lights out defensively, but because they were scoring a lot, a lot of easy, a lot of uh, balance and stuff, the way that that, that goes there, I, th- I thought Damian Jones was pretty good defensively. We'll come back to him later, Alex Lynn as well. But some pretty good moments for Atlanta defensively, and uh, obviously did enough to win by a a pretty comfortable margin here. A 28 assist game for the Hawks with 14 turnovers is pretty, uh, pretty good. Uh, I would say ball management in terms of just ball security. Hawks made 16 of 17 from the free throw line, shot 48% from the floor. Just did a lot of things well in this game. Uh, again, Charlotte's not the best team in the world, and I know it was on the road, but it was after three days rest, so a fresh Hawks team, a uh, motivated Hawks team that's bef- definitely closer to full strength now with Kevin Herter back and not a lot of injury concerns other than, of course, John Collins being out with, with his suspension. It's a taking care of business kind of game for the Hawks. They went out and did it, and uh, shouts to them for the way that they played in this spot. After a quick break. We'll come back to talk about more uh, um, of this game and the individual players, but I want to take you uh, take a second to talk about the good folks at Audible. It's that time of the year when everyone is traveling or running around getting thoughtful gifts for the people that you absolutely care about. Think about giving yourself the gift, though, of Audible membership. Now is the best time to do it with a special offer, 53% off your first three months with Audible. Access an unbeatable selection of audiobooks, including bestsellers, motivation, mysteries, thrillers, memoirs, and much more. You can choose three titles every month, one audiobook, and two exclusive Audible originals you can't hear anywhere else. Listen on any device, anytime, anywhere with the Audible app. It's great while commuting, at the gym, or during your holiday travels. With Audible, you also get to see, um, enjoy easy audiobook exchanges and your own audiobook library that you can keep forever, even if you end up canceling. Right now, for a limited time, you can get three months of Audible for, for just $6.95 a month. That's more than half off the regular price. Give yourself a gift of listening. For more, go to audible.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's one more time. You get three months of Audible for just $6.95 a month, and that is more than half off the regular price. Visit audible.com slash LockedOnNBA or text LockedOnNBA to 500-500. All right, and we're back to talk about the individual players in this game and plenty to talk about in a positive sense. We'll go on the bench where there were four players in double figures, not exactly the norm this year for the Hawks to get a lot of production from the bench in this game. As I said before, uh, not a lot of production from DeAndre Bembry. I thought he, again, I thought he played pretty well in his eight minutes, but uh, certainly a matchup-driven thing potentially. I think that Bembry is a better player than Alan Crabb, but the way that Alan Crabb is shooting the ball here, that's the decision there. And with, with Herter back, I think we're very clearly going to see Reddish, Herter, and Hunter play a lot of minutes, so there's kind of a battle now for that fourth wing job. The Hawks could play five wings regularly with 
with Bembry and Alan Crabb, but on a night when Alan Crabb is making shots, he will make um, himself hard to take off the floor in some respects, considering he gives a lot of space and the Hawks certainly could need. So that's a battle potentially worth waging. And you might remember going on before the season started, we talked about the fact that I wasn't 100% sure that Bembry was going to play in every game. He's been playing a lot, and I think Lloyd Pierce definitely likes Bembry. And again, I think he's a better player than Alan Crabb, but it's something that could be matchup driven as we look ahead here. And uh, Crabb did play well. We'll go to him now. Alan Crabb, 23 minutes for him, 11 points. That was one of his best performances of the season. Hit, hit a trio of threes, had a re- had two rebounds, an assist, and two steals. He's pretty active defensively. I think he's not a great defender, but he was a little bit better than normal in this spot, and his three-point shooting kind of stands on its own. Vince Carter had a huge game for him, 17 points on 11 shot attempts, 3 of 6 from the floor, um, sorry, 3 of three, 6 from 3 for Vince, had 2 assists and a rebound. Pierce, as always, praised his leadership, but also just the fact that he knocked out a bunch of shots in this game. It's good to see Vince sort of break out of a... What I would call a slump for him, I think I still believe in Vince Carter as a high-end shooter, but that's something that he's going to have to do. Uh, we saw in this game he becomes a lot more playable if he makes shots. Uh, Vince, when he struggles, doesn't give you a ton else right now other than the leadership stuff, which is valuable. But on the court, he's going to have to make shots. And he uh, both both Crab and Carter are the two guys on the, on the roster that um, are kind of, I don't want to say pure specialists, but certainly leading toward being specialists. And they have to make shots. Both guys did in this game, combining to make six out of 11 threes. That's hugely valuable when those shots go in. Um, Bruno Fernando did not play a whole lot here. Six minutes, only had one real stint before he played in garbage time. Uh, two points, four rebounds for Bruno. He wasn't fantastic, wasn't terrible. We'll come back to him at a later date, of course. Alex Lynn was very prolific in the second half. Uh, basically had almost all of his production after halftime, but 13 points and 10 rebounds to go along with, an, with a steal and a block shot for Lynn. He was 5 of 11 from the floor, 1 of 1 from 3, 2 of 2 from the free throw line. In the first half, he, he missed a bunch of bunnies, at least two, maybe maybe three um, easy shots around the rim. And that's the kind of stuff that frustrates Hawks fans. I went out of my way to praise him defensively. I thought he was very good defensively in this game, as he has been for most of the season. But uh, good on Lloyd Pierce for sticking with him in this game. He didn't play a ton. Obviously, 19 minutes isn't overwhelming, but he was very productive. I thought he was quite good in the third quarter and uh, defensively had it going all game long. You could definitely see the way that he changes shots around the rim, just being a massive human being. That was very, very uh, helpful in this game. And then finally off the bench, DeAndre Hunter didn't shoot a great 3 of 9 from the floor, 1 of 6 from 3, but 10 points, 3 rebounds, had 5 assists, and sort of a playmaking role, a bit more of that from him in this bench um, alignment, plus uh, 1 steal for DeAndre. I thought he played decently in this game, and again, he, he only made 1-3, but it was probably the biggest shot of the entire fourth quarter for the Hawks to kind of seal it after things got a little bit hairy when they were only up by about 10 with 7 minutes to go. Um, to the starting lineup in this game. Not quite as balanced um, offensively anyway for the Hawks in the starting lineup, but Damian Jones only had two points, and after a game in which he had 20 earlier this week, he actually set a career high in back-to-back games. I thought Jones was good in this game, flat out, which I'm sure if you didn't watch this game or if you are someone who doesn't really care about defense a whole lot, it's, uh, it would probably strike you as weird that I'm saying that Jones was notably good with only two points on one or three from the floor. Um, but I thought defensively it was one of his better games, if not his best game of the entire season. I don't think that he's a great defender, but he was contesting shots. He had three block shots in this game. He was very active around the rim. Still five fouls in 21 minutes. That's too much. He's definitely very foul prone at this point in time. But I'd rather him get fouls being aggressive and contesting shots at the rim than just the way that he does some silly stuff with rebounding and positioning and kind of grabbing and being lazy a little bit on the defensive end of the floor. I think Jones played very well in this game, uh, even with a lack of offensive, you know, I guess scoring production. Had eight rebounds as well. Um, that's very, very nice to see. Pierce went out of his way to note the fact that they got 18 rebounds out of the centers. That's something that's been a problem all season long for the Hawks, but good to, good to see Damian Jones, I think, play very well in this game. He was rewarded with 21 minutes of play. 
Um, Kevin Herter, 24 minutes. He, he was actually given a max of 25, so no surprise there in terms of minutes count. I thought he played very well. I think defensively he, he showed himself better in this game than he did in the first game when he was a little bit rusty. It felt like he didn't play with a ton of force. I, ref, I referenced the fact on that podcast after the game on Wednesday, I, th- I thought he was kind of timid. Not the case here. He was he was more aggressive, more assertive. Good to see him getting more comfortable going on there. 24 minutes, plus 19, 9 points, 6 assists, 2 steals. And again, the secondary creation that he brings is just huge. And even, even as a lead ball handler, when Young leaves the court, it's massive. And of course, the, the floor spacing as well. Herder, if not the best shooter on the team, certainly the most um, you know dynamic on the wing. You know, Trey Young... Obviously, it's a dynamic in a different category off, off the dribble and stuff like that. But Herter's shooting has just been sorely missed in addition to his playmaking. And defensively, he hit up walls in this game as well. So good to see Kevin playing well. We'll see his minutes continue to rise as the Hawks allow him to do so. But he just makes a huge impact. We've now seen that, I think, full force on Sunday. Cam Reddish, a little bit quieter offensively. 5.3 rebounds, 2 assists for Cam. 2-6 from the floor, 1-3 from 3. You know, a couple of... Uh, I would say iffy shot attempts, some long twos or contested off the dribble shots. He probably needs to excise, but um, you know I can't complain too much there when he only took six shots. I thought defensively, as as he has been most of the season, Reddish was pretty good. Um, offensively, it was a mixed bag. I don't think he was great in this game offensively but after the big game that he had last week. But still, I think Cam played okay and uh, did not hurt the Hawks very much in the spot. Jamari Parker, uh, very nice, prolific game for him. 19 points, 7 rebounds, uh, an efficient 19 points as well. 7-12 from the floor, 2-3 or three from 3, 3-4 three from the free throw line, 2 block shots, steal, um, 7 rebounds and 1 assist. So I, I thought Jabari was pretty good. Defensively, he was probably the weak link if you had to pick one for me in this game. Nothing terrible, though, by Jabari Sanders. I think he, he competed. He played with a good, a good amount of force offensively, and I think it was a nice bounce back for him. And then Trey Young, as uh, almost always, led the team in scoring with 30, 30 points comfortably. A lot of that was late, but uh, he put the game away offensively with his uh, just sort of killer instinct kind of stuff there. And he was just, you could say it was probably going to be over anyway, but he really put it in, he really put it away in the fourth quarter. 30 points, nine assists, six rebounds, only two turnovers for him. He was efficient. Uh, Lloyd Pierce, and I'm not sure I agree with this, but I think it's definitely worth noting here. And it's pretty intriguing that he said it. Lloyd Pierce said that he thought it was the best game of the season for Trey Young. I don't, I don't think, I don't think so, candidly, on that on that front. But Pierce went on to say that he wanted to praise him for um, his basically being a uh, a leader on the floor, sort of like a floor general kind of type. I believe, I believe is the way that he said it, and also went out of out of his way to praise his defense. I do think that Young's defense was better in this game than it has been for quite a while. I've been saying, um, I think I said it all with with Coles Wicker at the end of last week's podcast. I think the fact that Trey's offensive workload has gone up so much since, uh, since Herter and Collins left the lineup, I think his defense suffered as a result of that, and it's definitely understandable. But you see, in this game, he was he was kind of back to where he was the first four or five games of the year when he was giving more effort, more competitiveness defensively. I think Pierce, um, I think one of those it's one of those coaching things. I, I'm guessing a little bit here, but it also makes a lot of sense to me. Pierce probably knows that this is not Young's best offensive game of the season. But if you factor in the fact that he, you know he wants him to play defense, it's probably good for him to praise that kind of that kind of overall play in the media to some degree. And Young was good in this game, obviously, but I don't think it was his best game of the season. But if you factor the defense and the fact that he took care of the ball, etc., it was one of his, you know, probably top five or six games of the season, and that's good to see. Uh, and again, from the Hawks' standpoint, um, there was a lot of questioning after the game about whether whether this is the best performance of the season for the Hawks. I still wouldn't say yes to that either. They have a couple of better wins than this, but going on the road 
and winning convincingly. This team, this team has been bad away from home this season. They're now uh, only 3-9 away from home. They were 2-9 of nine, um, before this. Obviously, I think the Denver win was better than this, clearly, because they go on the on the road and beat a team that's actually very good, whereas Charlotte is not. But that was a, a that was a pretty close game, whereas this game was pretty comfortably in hand in the fourth quarter for most of the game, and the Hawks did play well. Um, I think in the first half, it wasn't lights out from Atlanta, but the second half, you know, they outscored, they outscored Charlotte 71-54 after the halftime break, and that's pretty indicative of the way that that the game actually went. It was not a fluke that the Hawks won this game comfortably. They were the better team, and that's good to see against a team that doesn't have a ton of talent in Charlotte. So that's probably enough to cover on this game. It's very, very late into the night here. And again, I apologize for the uh, what I'm sure is a little bit of rambling because uh, I'm very tired after driving eight hours. But alas... Here we are. Um, last thing on the podcast, probably not going to have a show on Monday night unless, um, unless some huge breaking news happens. I don't have a guest lineup. I had one that was tentative that ended up falling through, so my apologies for that. I do want to plug real quickly. Last week, I had Coles Wicker and Seth Partnow on the on the podcast, both within the la- within the last week or so. Um, Seth is uh, at, at, over at The Athletic, a national NBA writer who used to work for the Milwaukee Bucks and a great analytics kind of guy. Um, Coles Wicker, of course, is a fan favorite on this podcast a, uh, and one of my favorite NBA draft people as well, someone who watches a lot of Hawks and is just a very, very smart person. So go back and listen to those. Please subscribe to the podcast. Tell a friend about the podcast. The Hawks are in action for a back-to-back on Tuesday in Miami and then Wednesday in Chicago. So we'll have podcasts after both of those games. Um, I think the one on Wednesday, spoiler alert, is, gonna, is a really tough spot for the Hawks scheduling-wise. Fortunately, Chicago is kind of beatable and still in some respects. But Tuesday's game, as a PSA here, the Hawks were supposed to be on TNT against the Heat on Tuesday night. That game is not on TNT anymore, but Fox Sports Southeast jumped in to pick it up after TNT flexed out of that spot. So it's a normal local broadcast on Tuesday evening. So if we do not speak between now and then, uh, mark, mark your calendars for that one. You'll be hearing Bob Rathman, Dominique Wilkins, and and the crew on the call there for, the, for that Hawks-Heat game on Tuesday night. But after all that... Again, one more time, please subscribe to the podcast. Please check out Audible with the promo code LOCKEDONNBA, and I will see everybody later on.